You're listening to the Wells of Salvation. Good day to you. I'm Don Curtis. I hope that uh, you will stay with me as we consider a portion of God's Word today. And I hope that the Lord is blessing you real good today. If you're lost and without God and, and you could get saved today, I tell you, it would be a great blessing to you. Not only would you have the Lord to be with you in this life, but you'd have a home in heaven when this life is over, and you could escape that awful place called hell. It is my desire to preach the gospel to people that they can be saved. There is no other reason for me to preach the gospel to you except that uh, the desire to uh, have you saved and to honor the Lord that saved me. I am thankful that I've been saved by God's grace and I have a salvation that I know about. We talk to you about heartfelt salvation. You see, we tell you over and over and over again, salvation is heartfelt and you can know for yourself. If some preacher or someone has told you that you're all right, then they don't know. They can't tell. They can't look at your heart and see the condition of your heart. But friend, when you are born again, when you are truly regenerated by God's Holy Spirit, there is a change in you, and you can know that. You can know it for yourself. It seems to me like people want to be honest. They would want to know for themselves. They would want God to reveal this thing to them. And friend, God does. He reveals to you when you are a born-again child of God. He lets you know. My subject today is in that line of thought. From Romans chapter 8, verse 16, the apostle says, The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I would like for you to to uh, think about the scripture, and I would like to talk to you about it for a while. Romans 8 and 16. I want to read it again. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Friend, it's the way that you know you're a child of God. Uh, God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, bears witness with your spirit that you're a child of God. It's the only way that you can know if some preacher has told you or someone else has told you that you're all right, you do this and you do that, and, and, and now you're okay. My friend, you need to, God to tell you. You need the Spirit Himself to bear witness with you that you're a child of God, and He will when you are truly saved. He won't until you're saved. But when you're saved, the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I want to talk to you about this verse of Scripture and this thought this morning. The first thing that I want to talk to you about is our spirit. You know, we have a spirit within this flesh and body. A man is twofold being. He is flesh and he is spirit. When God made Adam back there in the Garden of Eden, he made him and he was just a lifeless form. So God gave him life by breathing into his nostrils the breath of life. What he did was place in him a spirit that gave 
him life. He was just a lifeless form. Oh, God had made the flesh. He'd made the man. But he's just a lifeless form. He wasn't alive. He wasn't living. And uh, God gave him a spirit. So he became a twofold being, and he was alive. James uh, James tells us in James 2 and 26 that uh, the body without the spirit is dead. And so when the spirit takes its flight uh, from the body, when they are separated, it is what happens when we experience physical death. The spirit uh, leaves the body, and the body dies. And, uh, uh, friend, uh, there is a spirit within you. Uh, you are flesh and you are spirit. I would like to point out that <clears throat> that not only did James said the body is dead without the spirit, but in Ecclesiastes the twelfth chapter and seventh uh, verse, or well, part of that chapter, he's talking about uh, uh, the deterioration of the body. As we grow older, the body grows more feeble, and our sight gets. Uh, uh, dim, we can't see as good, the hearing isn't good, and uh, he goes through a lot of different things that happen to us as we grow old, and we grow feeble, and we can't uh, get around like we used to. All these things he discusses, Solomon does, in Ecclesiastes 12, but then he talks about the time of death, and uh, he says the spirit the body goes back to dust from whence it come, but the spirit goes back to God uh, who gave it. And so there is a separation in physical death that is, the word death actually means, if you define the word death, it means separation. In this case, physical death is separation of the spirit from the body. And so the spirit goes to God, God's angels take that spirit into heaven or into hell. If you're saved by God's grace, then... Uh, the angels just take you, your spirit into the portals of heaven. But if you're lost, the angels of God will cast you into a devil's hell where you'll be forever and ever. But there is a separation, you see. See, this thing happened in Luke 16. We read about uh, uh, the rich man and Lazarus. Perhaps you've heard about the rich man many times. And Lazarus, the poor beggar that laid at his gate and begged for the crumbs from his table. The rich man fared sumptuously every day, and the poor man was just a beggar begging. Uh, he wasn't able to work and do things to to care for himself, but but someone would bring him evidently and lay him at the rich man's gate, and there he would beg as people passed by and as rich man went in and out. He begged for crumbs from a rich man's table. But the scripture say, Jesus said in that scripture that uh, both of them died. The rich man died and uh, the beggar died. And the angels uh, carried uh, <coughs> carried Lazarus to heaven, uh, to Abraham's bosom, where Abraham is at, carried him right on to that heavenly country. But the rich man, it says, Jesus said, this man, in hell, he lift up his eyes. You know, they were buried. It says the rich man was buried, but in hell, in that lake of fire. His spirit was there where the angels had cast him. Uh, his spirit, and so he lift up his eyes in this devil's hell, and he said, I'm tormented in this flame. After the body had died and had been buried, yet the rich man is alive, the spiritual size of him, 
but he is uh, dying and dying and never dying on the spiritual side. He's in the devil's hell. He's there in a, in a lake of fire and torments. You know, you see, there is a spirit within man. And there is a, a, a flesh and the spirit. We are twofold being. The apostle Paul talks about uh, 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 being twixt two things. He had a <coughs> excuse me. He had a, a desire to uh, to live and and preach uh, to the Philippians and others. But on the other hand. Uh, he had a desire to depart the flesh and to be with Jesus, which he says is far better. So the Apostle Paul teaches very plainly, and, and Christ himself teaches very plainly, that there is uh, a, a twofold being, that you are flesh and you are spirit. So I would like for you to get that. Remember, I'm talking to you about Romans 8 and 16, the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. God's Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. When we are truly saved, when we are really born again, when we repent toward God and trust the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit regenerates us, then the, that Holy Spirit himself, he bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So let's look then at the Holy Spirit for a few moments. You see, the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit is what the Scripture is saying. There is a Godhead. There is a triune Godhead. We speak of a triune Godhead because there are three persons in the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in whom we're talking about. Uh, in the first chapter of John, we read there, John uh, is talking about Jesus and calling him the Word because the, the Bible is, is built around the Lord Jesus. He is what the Word of God is about. He is the Gospel. Uh, he is, his story is the Gospel. The truth about Jesus is the Gospel. It is the good news. But John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and... Uh, uh, by him are all things made, and without him not anything that was made was made. So uh, John is saying that the Lord Jesus was right there in the beginning. When God created the heavens and earth, the Lord Jesus was right there uh, with him. And uh, we read that God said, let us make man. That's what he is talking about. He's talking about uh, God the Father. He's talking about God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. When he says, let us make man. And if you read back there in the book of Genesis, you read as God was uh, speaking things into creation, it was the Holy Spirit that was the workman. He was bringing things about as he moved upon the waters. And so there is uh, a triune Godhead, and the Holy Spirit is the third member of the Godhead, and he works with us in a personal way. Uh, <clears throat> we can see these two, we can see these two also in Matthew, uh, when Jesus uh, uh, when Jesus was baptized in Matthew 3, uh, Jesus came down to John to be baptized, and when he was baptized, he came up out of the water. Uh, the Holy Spirit uh, descended upon him uh, in the form of a dove, likened to a dove, the Scripture says. 
uh, Matthew said it was like unto a dove. The Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus. Uh, so Jesus is in the water, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. But the Father speaks out to heaven and said, This is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. So there is a triune Godhead, and we're talking about here the third member of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. He is the workman, and he deals with us in a personal way. When Jesus gave the commission to the world to go out and to preach the gospel, he gave the uh, commission to the church to go into all the world and to preach the gospel to the world. Uh, uh, he, he did this commission, but uh, he uses the terms uh, to baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, or the Holy Spirit. So uh, uh, there are uh, three persons in the Godhead, and our subject, remember, is the Romans 8.16, the Spirit itself, or himself, bath witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So the third member of the, uh, of the, of the Godhead is the one that is in the world, and he is the one uh, that is working with us and dealing with us in all ways. And so uh, <clears throat> I want us to understand that. Now, the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a man, but he is a person. He is God. Jesus is the God-man. He is both man uh, and God. He is God, and then he took upon himself the form of flesh and became the God-man. But the Holy Spirit is uh, uh, doesn't have flesh, but he is, uh, and he can't be seen. Jesus said the world can't receive him because they can't see him. He is not our flesh, but he is spirit. And so, uh, <clears throat> We uh, uh, we read about some things that Jesus said in John fourteen fifteen through seventeen. Uh, Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit using pronouns when He has come. When He has come, He is a pronoun identifying Him as a person, though He is uh, God, uh, and. He uses the word him. The world can't receive him. They can't receive him because they can't see him. So these two pronouns are used in relation to the Holy Spirit identifying him as a person. In Acts, the 13th chapter, and the second verse, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit speaks out to the church at Antioch, says, Separate unto me, Saul and Barnabas, to the work wherein to I have called them. So the Holy Spirit uh, calls men in, into the ministry, and uh, he uh, asked the church, <coughs> excuse me, to separate them or to appoint them as <coughs> missionaries that he'd call them to go out and to do work, uh, to appoint them <coughs> and authorize them to do that. Uh, so the Holy Spirit uh, is 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 used there as I. He says, uh, he separate me, Saul and Barnabas, to the work whereunto I have called them. So the Spirit is using the word I, which is a personal pronoun, a relationship to himself. He is a person, and he deals with us personally. So you need to understand then that uh, 
we have a spirit within us. We're a twofold being. There is a spirit within us, and that uh, that spirit doesn't die when the body dies, but it uh, it either goes to heaven or hell. The angels carry it to one place or the other. But the spirit dwells in the body as long as uh, as we live here in the world. And the Holy Spirit is the third member of the Godhead, and He deals with us in a personal way. In Galatians five. <clears throat> At 22 and 23, uh, there uh, Paul had been talking about the fruits of the flesh, and then he begins talking about the fruit of the Spirit. In Romans 7, the apostle talks about a warfare that goes on within us, uh, a personal warfare between our carnal side, between the flesh and the Spirit. There's a warfare between them. You know, the apostle himself said, That that I would, I do not. That that I would not, that I do. The fleshly side, the carnal side of us, uh, even after we're born again, has a desire to please ourselves. But the spiritual man is changed, is regenerated. The inner man is changed and regenerated, and this has a desire to please God. So there is a warfare going on that the Apostle Paul talks about within within the man. Uh, there are fruits of the flesh, and there are fruits of the Spirit. I'm talking about, in this case, the, the, uh, the Spirit that's within us. But there are fruits of the Holy Spirit that, uh, that, uh, He, He is working with us. And we, uh, we talk about heartfelt salvation over and over and over again. And there are some things when you're born again, uh, there are some fruits of the Spirit that are heartfelt, things that we can know. And I don't know what I need to talk about all of them or not, but uh, maybe we'll, we'll talk about some of them. But uh, perhaps the most important of any of them is love. Paul identifies love as the fruit of the Spirit, and, and I think uh, he's placed it first in the, in the list that he gives us because it is, it is the major player in everything. Uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, he comes into our heart uh, when we're born again. Uh, and uh, when the Holy Spirit comes into our heart, according to Paul in Romans 5 and 5, uh, the love of God, he said, is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit or, or Holy Ghost that he's given us. When the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts, then the uh, love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. You see, we don't love God until we're regenerated. And when we're regenerated, the love of God and love of others is in that spiritual side of us. The Holy Spirit comes into our hearts. Uh, the apostle said to the church at Corinth, Know ye not uh, 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 that you're the temple of God? The Spirit of God dwells in us. He dwells in us himself. Not just our spirit, but the Spirit of God comes into our heart. And so, uh, friend, the Holy Spirit dwelling there, he makes us a new creature in Christ Jesus. He regenerates us. We become a new creature. And these things, you can know these things. Things, that there is a change in you. You can know that the Lord has dealt with your heart, and it's awfully important to do that. Uh, you see, we 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 don't uh, love God until we're saved. A lot of people are doing all kinds of good things in order to be saved. But when you get saved by God's grace, then we do good things because we love God, and that's the way it ought to be. And God leads His children to do good things. God leads His children to witness to uh, uh, other people. 
Uh, Romans, uh, the verse just uh, up above our our subject today, our subject verse is Romans 14, says, As many as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You see, the Holy Spirit comes into your heart, and when you're born again, and the Holy Spirit leads and directs his children, he will uh, deal with our hearts as well as dealing with lost souls' hearts. But as a child of God, he leads you to witness to other people. He deals with your hearts. And these fruits that we are describing here, that the apostle described in Galatians 5, 22-23, they are real. And it's the way that God's Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So when love of God and love of others comes in, when that change takes place, uh, John said we know that we've passed from death into life because we love the brethren. There is a, a different kind of love for the brethren. When uh, when you meet someone on the street and they start talking about Jesus, there is a love within your heart goes right out. When you're a born-again child of God, there is, a, there is a bond between you and the stranger that you just met. You love him because you love the Lord Jesus and you love God for what he has done uh, for you. So there is something going on in your heart that you can know about. Love is there. Now, uh, Peter talks about uh, joy as the next one. The Apostle Peter talks about joy in First Peter 1 and 8. He calls it joy unspeakable and full of glory. The kind of joy that uh, a Christian has, other folks don't have. When the world is falling in and around about you, when you're just uh, you're compassed about by the troubles of the world, my friend, the Holy Spirit can give you joy in your heart. When you have all kinds of other problems, the Holy Spirit can come by, He can comfort you, and He can give you joy. There's been times in my life that uh, the the Spirit of God just come by, seemed like for no reason at all, and uh, He'd have me rejoicing within my soul. I could feel the presence of God, and, and there was joy, not over any particular thing, it doesn't seem, but just joy, joy, joy. It's a wonderful thing to be a child of God and experience the fruits of the Holy Spirit. The first fruit that you experience uh, one of the first fruits that you experience when you become a child of God is peace. Peace with God. Uh, the Apostle Paul describes the peace that a Christian has as, as peace that's pacified and out. It's like joy. Peter said that joy is unspeakable. We can't uh, describe it to you. Uh, like it really is, there's all kinds of uh, uh, joy in the world. Sometimes we we're, we rejoice over all kinds of things. But, uh, friend, that kind of joy is not like what I'm talking about. The joy of the Holy Spirit is a special thing. And when God comes in and He gives you joy in your heart, it is just one of the fruits that makes you to know it's a way that the Holy Spirit bears witness with you that you are a child of God. Uh, peace is that next one. Uh, uh, it's past finding out. That is, uh, it's, it's, it's past all understanding. We can't understand it. Jesus talks about when, when a man is born again, he's regenerated. The Spirit is like the wind. You can't tell from whence it cometh or where it goeth. So the Spirit comes in and our troubled soul, when we are afraid of dying and going to hell, uh, when we're under deep conviction and a 
afraid that we're going to die and be in that awful place. And we pray through to God. The Spirit just comes out of nowhere uh, like the wind. We don't know from whence it come or where it went. But the, the, the Holy Spirit comes in and He gives us peace to our soul. The Apostle Paul says in Romans 5 and 1, Therefore, been justified by faith, we have peace with God. So we know when we trust the Lord and all our burden is rolled away, uh, when our fear is gone and God gives us peace within, we know we've been justified by faith because that's what the apostles said. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Uh, when we become justified, when we trust the Lord Jesus Christ, when we, through faith, just call on His name and trust Him uh, to save our soul, and uh, uh, He will, and when He does, the Holy Spirit comes in, takes away our burden, our shame, our guilt. He gives us peace within. He just calms that troubled soul like He calmed the waters of the Sea of Galilee in the storm in that time when the storm and the sea was raging. He just comes in and does that. I would like I would like for you to consider uh, these fruits of the Spirit, and uh, there are, there are uh, uh, others. But I would like to go on and talk to you a little about uh, regeneration. Regeneration is is a work of the Spirit. And when he regenerates, when he makes you a new creature in Christ, you know about that. See, he says, old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. That's what, if any man be in Christ, is what Paul said. If any man be in Christ, if the Spirit is in you, and you, if there is that union between you and, and Christ by way of the Holy Spirit, then uh, old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. You're new inside. And, and if you're a new creature inside, Surely you ought to know that, and I proclaim to you the things that I am saying, they prove to you, uh, if you will listen, that you can know that salvation is heartfelt, and when you have salvation, when you are regenerated, you can know that and know it for yourself. That's what's important. Know for yourself. Don't let somebody deceive you, but know for yourself. You pray to God until He takes away your heavy burden, takes away your fear, and and, and gives you peace within. And when He does, uh, you're justified because uh, that's how you know when He gives you peace to your soul, when He does it. I don't mean you just feel a little better, but He takes away your burden. Your uh, calmness will come over you instantly where you were troubled and full of fear and, and condemnation. Peace will come into your heart and you can know for yourself. The Spirit uh, itself and Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and you need to know that. Regeneration is the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. So we must be born again. There is no alternative to it. If you want to go to heaven, you got to be born again. If you want to escape the flames of hell, you want to be born again, and you must be born again, <clears throat> or you will never make it to that heavenly country. Regeneration is the work of the Holy Spirit. It is born from above, and so you've got to be born from above. The Holy Spirit 
witnesses to you this way. He opens the hearts of people that are that are lost. He opens the hearts and and it causes them to listen to the word of God. Sometimes people just won't listen at all, but sometimes God comes by and he opens the heart uh, of someone that's been rejecting the gospel. And uh, then they are open to the gospel, and so the gospel is preached to them. They get the message. They turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, and they get saved. In the book of Acts, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Lydia, the seller of purple, uh, the scripture said God opened her heart. The Holy Spirit uh, was dealing with her heart, made her want to listen to what the apostle Paul was preaching, and so she heard the word. She believed it. This woman was saved, and so <clears throat> this is the way it is. You know, the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, "When He has come, He reproved the world of sin." So He reproves us of sin, and in doing so, He makes us know. He makes us know that we need to be saved. He makes us realize our sins. He makes them real to us, that we are sinners, that we're, uh, we're on the road to hell. This is what he does. He convicts us. And so, uh, feeling conviction and feeling this reproving of God's Holy Spirit, uh, it helps us to be able to submit ourselves totally to God. Just turn to the Lord Jesus Christ and trust him. When... Uh, <clears throat> When sorrow comes into your heart over sin, it's sorrow that works repentance and calls you to turn to the Lord. I beg you today to turn to the Lord, repent of your sins, and trust the Lord Jesus, and He'll give you peace in your soul. And you can know for yourself, the Spirit Himself will bear witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. May God bless you, is my prayer.